2: This is Internet Marketing. Hello, everyone. It is episode one hundred of Internet Marketing.
3: Crowd goes wild. And I'm
2: joined in the studio by Mr. Kelvin Newman. Hello, hello, hello. And Internet Marketing is brought to you by Site Visibility at www.sitevisibility.com.
3: Hello. Yes. We've reached the the triple figures, Andy. Triple figures, 100 episodes. I can't believe we've done 100 episodes. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. That's a lot
2: of internet marketing podcasting joy. Absolutely. And um, well, it's a show of clips, isn't it? We've got yeah. some clips today. Yeah, they
3: do this on the telly all the time. I've not really seen it much in podcasts, but like a best bits. Best bits. Um, but yeah, no. What we wanted to do is, you know, it's it's been great to be able to put together 100 episodes. It's great the number of you know the thousands, the tens of thousands of you that have that are out there that listen to us, and you, you know you contribute with the questions and answers every month as well. And we really appreciate that. But a lot of you haven't necessarily been there since the the first episode yes so um i mean (laughs) as much as much as i'm sure you all love the show i don't think all of you have the time to go back and listen to every one one to 100 of those episodes so what we wanted to do was to just to put together some of the highlights of the the best bits or the most interesting bits that we've Hmm. we've, um, and the funniest bits and the funniest bits and the most embarrassing bits and the most embarrassing bits as well so just so for those of you who are new listeners you get a bit of a look back and for those of you who've been with us since day one it's a kind of a nostalgic look back over that 100 episodes
2: well it all started I think it was May 2006 so yeah the very first episode should we have a quick listen to what it sounded like yeah let's go for it here it is coming up Okay, well, at long last, we are here Absolutely. at uh, Academy Internet, and uh, we're going to have a, a series of podcasts talking about the subject of internet marketing. And I have with me—this is Andy White, by the way—I am, uh, believe it or not, the presenter, and we have with us the uh, two who are going to be resident experts. We have Mr. Daniel Rowles, Head of Internet Marketing at Academy.
4: Absolutely.
2: And we have uh, Jeremy Jacobs, the Internet Project Manager. Hello. Hello there. So who's going to give me an introduction then? Who's going to uh, kick this off? off. The thing I love about the recording is that you can hear lots of ...kids in the background from that... ...because that was recorded in in your offices... ...before you joined Kelvin. I think it was a summer... ...it was a May Day... ...and it was just heaving outside with kids. I think it might have been a a half-term or something.
3: Yeah, one one of the things that we did uh, get... ...when we opened up and asked people to make suggestions... ...is that the background noise... ...particularly in the early episodes you know, very much a favoured thing. I do wonder if we ought to have like all the windows open and some background noise going now to make yeah. it sound like we're in somewhere busy when we've now got a super, you've got super duper studio and it's all, all very quiet and professional. But yeah, seagull noise, baby noise, phone ringing, people outside, you know, they were some of the top voted bits there. But you know, it's, it's you know, I think it illustrates what I hope is a, a good lesson for people is that, yeah, you might, you know, you can be, um you may feel that you have to have um the perfect setup for a, a podcast or, or a blog or a video blog or any mm. of those kind of things. But actually what you're better off doing is having a go, not worrying too much about everything being perfect and just getting on with it because you'll get better as time you know time goes on. And I, I you know I think yeah there's probably in all of our episodes we look back, particularly some of the early ones more so, that there's probably a few bits that are a bit embarrassing and things that didn't go perfect. But I
2: think it all adds to the charm, doesn't it? It does and uh, talking about embarrassing um, well I'll leave that bit to the end because it is a bit <laughs> embarrassing I was in two minds whether to put this bit in I'll, 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 I'll <laughs> we'll leave, leave that the to the end audience in suspense but we did interview some um, sorry yeah just to go back to what you're saying actually I'm, yeah. I'm a great believer in this it's a Japanese word called is it kaizen or kaizen uh, yeah, which I means incremental yeah. improvement yes yes and uh, that's certainly what we did with the podcast when I mean, you heard how rubbish that was um, you know we had a tiny little microphone I, I forgot who I was at one point <laughs> I had to remind everyone that I was a presenter and i was it was just rubbish but we just got gradually better and better with each episode didn't we so until we're we're where we are today which is slightly better than what you just heard Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) just below average so we interviewed some quite cool people
3: didn't we? yeah i mean that's one of the things that we you know in the the last year yeah that one of the things that we you know got onto um, particularly over the last year year and a half is you know the interviews and it's you know Me and Andy like to, you know, like to have a chat and all the various guests and contributors we've had over the years like to share what we know. But sometimes we felt that there's, you know, there's people out there who are just absolute experts in their field. And it's great to sit down with them virtually over Skype quite often, sometimes face to face and just ask them some questions. And, you know, we've been really lucky to interview some absolute Mm. excellent people over the last couple of years, some of whom were very big at the time, some of whom have gone on to be much bigger Mm. as well. So it's just a real pleasure. And, you know, some of those clearly were, were highlights.
2: Well, I have to say, uh, I, I was very inspired by Kelvin, because um, Kelvin just goes for it, don't you, Kelvin? I uh, think no The biggest name in internet marketing, you'll just go for it. Tell us, tell us about the interview with Seth, for example. Okay, and well, well was, Seth
3: Godin's an interesting one, um, because, you know, we, we had, and a few of you will remember this back, is that we actually had one interview with Seth Godin originally, and due to unforeseen technical difficulties yeah, def- difficulties shooter i don't know if i've ever told the full story but basically well, tell it now Tell basically, it now. basically the, the the long and short version was i had a client meeting um it overran i couldn't get back to brighton to get to my reliable internet connection um i thought well where can i get a free wi-fi connection that's reasonably reliable and stable um mcdonald's was the the option that <laughs> i went for there um so i got into mcdonald's and it was you know not not exactly um Really quiet, but, you know, suitably kind of, you know, bustling, (laughs) but um, not too bad. Did a few test calls, called back to the office, called my my wife and, you know, checked it all, did some recordings, all working fine. Wi-Fi working perfect. I had Seth Godin on the phone. One question in, the computer crashed and then managed to get my computer back on, turn it on again, the Wi-Fi crashed. So... Despite that, um, Seth Godin, because he's an absolute pro, um, agreed to come back and be interviewed again on the launch of his book um, Lynchpin. Mm. And um, you know he's prolific—the amount of work that he produces—but all of it's of a real high-quality standard. And you know he he has a really interesting way of expressing complex ideas um that work really well some of them are very marketing focused others are more general business focus and uh, lynchpin the book that we interviewed him in the process of is a bit more about kind of personal development and and how you can operate within a business or as an entrepreneur and um you know i think really interesting book that i thoroughly recommend and it was you know a great interview from a man who really knows what
2: he's talking about let's have a quick listen to that uh, to the, uh, the beginning of that interview then
3: so your new book is called lynchpin um So what is a linchpin, and how do you go about becoming one?
5: Well, in real life, a linchpin is a little tiny piece on your car that holds the wheel to the axle. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't cost more than 39 cents, but if it falls off, your car can't drive. And what I'm referencing in the book is the idea that the revolution that we call the Internet Mm -hmm. has transformed our economy far more than just Amazon, Dakota, UK or something. It is a significant shift in the dynamic of what it is to be at work and its I think the first significant shift since Adam Smith and Karl Marx talked about there being two kinds of people Uh, what I am arguing in the book as actively uh, and straightforwardly as I can is that there's now a third kind of person there used to be workers and factory owners Mm -hmm. the third kind of person is someone who owns their own factory and by that I mean you've got a laptop you've got access to the internet you have everything that you need to initiate whatever change and generate whatever income it is that you seek if you are willing to do it and this is hard for a lot of people because we've been brainwashed for two hundred years to follow instructions wait to do what we're told and the internet doesn't reward that and so In an economy now where people doing average work and following a manual are being hammered, where the middle class is disappearing, where it's so easy to outsource just about anything to a computer or to a cheaper person somewhere else, I think the only happy outcome is for us to become linchpins. People, they can't live without people doing unique, original, generous work that matters.
3: There's a great bit um, in that Um, interview that Seth Godin goes on to talk about emotional labour which Mm. I think is really interesting for anyone who works in digital marketing um, or would like to work in digital marketing because you're information workers and the concept of emotional marketing I think once you learn about that it really changes the way you think about um, the way you go about your business
2: talking about uh, technical difficulties uh, <laughs> tim ferris was another person you interviewed yeah yeah and i you mean had technical difficulties yeah yet, i mean this the
3: second half of the interview um, the sound quality did drop a bit there which i'm still haven't quite worked out why that was the case um, ever reliable skype and um, audio hijack pro well, didn't you didn't end
2: up recording it on your iphone i
3: think that yeah i was un- <laughs> so unconfident in you know, it i ended up using the iphone in, in, in you know like against the headphone but speaker tim ferris
2: i mean how how does someone get an interviewed tim ferris come on spill the beans well i mean with tim ferris
3: it was an interesting one it wasn't in the you know Seth Godin, when we interviewed Seth Godin, it was in the promotion of a particular book, so therefore, you know, he was out looking for people to interview him, so that helped. Um, Whereas Tim Ferriss, I think it was just the fact that, you know, we were fans, and we talked about him, and, you know, he... He, he, uh, and this is a lesson a lot of people should probably learn, is that There's no such thing, you know, you can't do too many interviews, you can't get too much publicity, because it just keeps your name out there, keeps people talking about you. So I would suggest for anyone, really, if you're building a personal brand, or you're, you know, working on behalf of a company, just try and get the people who can represent you out there as often as possible. Because, you know, I know a lot of people who listen to this run their own podcast, run their own blogs, just ask people, because they've got, you know... And you know they have a mission, they have a goal, and in tim's case it's to tim ferris's case it's to promote his various books. so anything he can do to promote those books is considered positive to him. so mm. you might think oh, I was a big deal or a big person. you know it tends to be in every in every industry you know someone 's got something that they need to do, and if you can help them do that thing, you know they'll always be prepared to
2: collaborate and work with you let's have a listen to that
3: um one of my favorite areas of the four hour work week book is. The way you go about testing site performance and you know, conversion rates and the like there, and it seems that that's something mm-hmm. you've been particularly successful with of your businesses that you've run thus far. What's some of your favorite tools that you use on a day-to-day basis to assess the performance of how well a site or a business is doing?
1: So a number of the tools that I use very commonly, uh, not only with the, the companies that I'm involved with on an operational basis, but also the companies that I work with, uh, as startups, uh, whether those are, are funded by Y Combinator or otherwise. So I work with about 12 companies. Um, and some people are unaware that I'm an investor or advisor to companies like Twitter and Dig and mm-hmm. StumbleUpon uh, would include uh, the, the standard stable would be Google Website Optimizer
3: mm-hmm.
1: for for split testing, mm-hmm. for testing A and, A and B versions yeah. of homepages and so forth. Uh, Crazy Egg. Uh, which is just crazyegg.com to look at click patterns and uh, to, to be able to filter by uh, referring sites, for example, to look at just
0: one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Is one example, the click pattern differences between people coming from uh, Google.de in Germany mm-hmm. versus Google.com. Uh, and uh, other other uh, tools that I use that aren't directly related to conversion rate would include uh, Product Planner. Mm-hmm. Uh, ProductPlanner.com, I believe that's the URL, yeah, it was created by uh, Heaton Shaw. H i t e n s h a h, who's one of the better metrics guys in Silicon Valley, who I'm friends with, and uh, allows you to see the exact sign up flow for different popular sites that have put a lot of money into yeah. testing already.
3: Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I think that's a real theme that we've seen over the last you know year or so is the rise of testing and metrics and you know really getting to grips with that. I think probably mm-hmm. the first stage of the podcast and of internet marketing was all about getting more traffic. How I can get more people there. Whereas, you know, we're really seeing a trend in the people we're interviewing and the topics we're covering and the questions people are asking um, as, as listeners about tools and ways you can improve that. So Tim talking there about the analytics and tools he use, I, I found was really, really useful and probably leads in quite well to our next interview, um, which was with Avinash Kushak, sorry, Avinash Kushak from, who runs a website called Ocam's Razor. And um, he is the expert on Google Analytics. We were very fortunate to interview him after he produced his first book called Web Analytics, an hour hour a day. He's now gone on to produce a book called Web Analytics 2.0, which is the go-to book if you're interested in finding out out about analytics. And it's really nice that we were able to interview him. He was very keen to do it. And he's still very, very positive. He included our interview as a bonus CD, um, on a bonus CD in his um, book. Did he know? Yeah, that's brilliant. brilliant. So it's, you know... He, you know, it was really great to interview him and, you know, really an expert in analytics and a person that I think we can learn a lot from.
2: Avnash is tremendously enthusiastic, isn't he? Yes, no, he, he, He,
3: he really, really loves it. What's the most common mistake that people make when using analytics for the first time?
6: I think that, that, that is, there is this expectation that if you have an analytics tool of any kind, um, then that is the end of the journey. Yeah. Because yeah. you've got all this data and God will shine on you. And and, yeah. and the <laughs> sad thing is that that really, that really isn't true. And, it's, just, it's just day one. I, I have... Go ahead.
3: Yeah, sorry, it's just day one of the journey rather than the solution there, as it were. Oh,
6: absolutely, yeah. It's, it's a start of, of sort of a, hopefully a, a lifelong passion mm-hmm. for <laughs> using data to make decisions. Um, so so I, I think that that tends to be the, the biggest mistake that people end up making. But the, the other... <clears throat> The other thing that I think is also a very common mistake is this: this um, sort of most of the time, especially if you have if you have a little bit of knowledge about analytics, what typically tends to happen is that people um, log into the tool and they just go at it with the data, and they just mm-hmm. like enamored by by the fact that there's all this data that you can use, and mm-hmm. and start turning out reports and and become what I call reporting squirrels, you know, mm-hmm. rather than being analysis ninjas. Yeah. And and I I tell people that before you before you even log into your tool and make sure that you have defined your goals correctly, what, what are you trying to do? Because now, uh, if you take the this free Yahoo! Web Analytics product, for example, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful yeah. tool that gives you tons of reports and literally it can answer any question you have, mm-hmm. and, and the amazing thing is, if you've got no question, it will still answer a bunch of things that you're curious about. But it mm-hmm. turns out to be a waste of time with any tool. So, I think that the, the, the big, big sort of practical mistake people end up making is not making sure what they're trying to do on their website and their business. So, I, I always advise people that have a conversation with your senior management, have have a conversation with the marketers, you know, and understand what, what's the next, what's the thing that you're trying to accomplish in the next 30 days on your website.
3: So yeah, I mean great advice from Avanash there that analytics is not about tools and data, it's about insight and action, which i you know, I think is a lesson that I you know I constantly need to remind myself of.
2: Now I particularly liked the uh, the interview with Jakob Nilsson because yeah, I mean, that, was, that was a bit different, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah,
3: he he is a legend. Um he really has been around um, you know, from day zero on the, the world of the web talking about usability. And he's an interesting divisive figure. Um, I mean I went to a usability conference fairly recently. Mm. Um or Brighton UX, um, or UX Brighton, sorry, UX Brighton at the Salus Benny Theatre. And like literally is, you know, if, if someone puts up a picture of him on their presentation deck, there's kind of a company by a dum, da, dum dum, dum, and then <laughs> claps of thunder and um, dry ice. Um, so, but, but, you know, so he's a divisive figure, but I think, you know, there's a lot we can learn from someone who's been around delivering advice to people that people take very seriously. And most people still ignore, um, you know, years and years later. But um, I think, you know, he's he's a man who's seen, you know, seen how the web's developed over the years and, you know, has an opinion on everything.
2: I remember when I first got into Webby stuff, his book was one of the first books I got.
5: Ah, oh, there you go.
2: I know you've you've been involved in the world of web usability
3: since pretty much day one. Do you think generally it's improving as time goes on? Or is it getting worse as kind of more sort of distractions come in, you know, kind of Twitter
4: feeds, RSS feeds and the like there. Do you think it's getting better or worse, do you think? Oh, that's actually a great question. I I think if we look at individual websites, I do think it's getting better. Uh, There are fewer of some of the most blatant mistakes that were common 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Just to mention one, uh, splash screens that really annoy users and Mm. all they look for is a button that says skip intro. And we saw this in user testing a lot 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and today it's very rare we come across those, at least for, for, big, uh, mm-hmm. for big companies. Um, and also I think, for example, search has gotten much better. So I think mm-hmm. there's, there are many, many signs of improvements. Uh, on the other hand, I think you pointed out that the internet as a whole has a lot of problems in, in ever more increasing just volume of stuff Mm-hmm. And so, so all these new feeds, for example, we actually did a, did a study recently on on feed based or stream based uh, media formats. So things like Twitter fo- postings or Facebook postings and those type of things. And um, the finding there is that that users are often quite put off by companies that put too much tweet too much or or put put too much stuff on Facebook because they mainly view it as a kind of a personal communication channel Mm -hmm. and then they get overloaded. And of course, the same is true even more so for email. And email still remains, I have to say, the the most important communication channel for just reaching out to to loyal customers in forms of newsletters and promotions and stuff. That said, if you overdo it, you then Mm. turn them off. So it's really a delicate balance and that balance is not really upheld in the total. I mean, certainly some some people do it nicely, but but in total, users are just being barraged. And so as a result, they're developing these kind of defense mechanisms. Um, and, and the same happens actually with advertising because banner advertising is not working very well. And we've known this for, for more than 10 years already. Mm. Actually, I think 13 years. I think I published <laughs> about this in, in 97 that that ads didn't work well in the web, except for search ads and classified ads. But banner, banner ads, anyway, don't work so well. And so as a result, they're getting to be ever more aggressive, like overlaying web pages, having huge, you know, moving videos, which can be done, you know, technically better now, but in terms of user experience, more annoyingly now. <laughs> I
3: really like his accent. Where's he from? I, I, couldn't, I wouldn't like to place it. But yeah, no, it's... it's it's interesting as well because, you know, here on the podcast, we're all very much things are getting better. Yeah, yeah, new, exciting, flashy, shiny thing. It's interesting sometimes to get a slightly different perspective that actually all these developments, all these new ways of doing things aren't necessarily always for the best.
2: Well, that is almost a wrap uh, for the show 100. <laughs> um, but I do, I, I have had quite a lot of requests from various people that we should. Um, uh, subject our listeners well we, to, we frequently um, make reference to the fact that when we
3: start recording don't we that although there is the musical intro that Andy so gracefully drops into the beginning of every episode since we've had since episode one um, but in order to put us in the mood in in the studio me and Andy perform uh, an interesting acapella version <laughs> Uh, at the beginning of every recording. Now, unfortunately, like a pillow. Unfortunately, when Andy's putting together the episodes, normally this is the bit that gets the you know the the control X or the 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 delete button. So not many of them are saved for posterity. But fort- fortunately, Andy managed to dig a couple out. Um, I think we're just going to listen to one, aren't we? The the, the second of the the, you the two listen ones. to The second yeah, one. Yeah, the We've second got second two recorders. You want to listen to the second um, one? And so to to kind of like sign you out of our hundred episode and celebrate the kind of the unseen highlight of, of of every podcast episode that you as the listener don't really get to see behind the scenes. Um, it's kind of a, uh, mainly Andy, but I do contribute a little <laughs> bit to this um, vocal
2: recording. Of, uh, I love uh, the way uh, that, I've actually got two recordings here and on uh, both recordings, yeah. Um, I start off, and yeah. then you just join in a little bit in the middle, and then go strum again. Yeah, and let and me carry
3: on. It's like, yeah, I, I like to contribute, but I'm not. I'm I'd obviously I just can't compare my vocal stylings. Um, just can't really cut through against the the Mister White, um, you know, vocal machine. The you know the vo- Andy
2: the voice White, you know. <laughs> Okay, uh, well, let's play out then with um, the a cappella version of the music, and then I think we'll have to terminate it with the proper version because it's one got time, me speaking one over One time the top. only for one time. One time only. only. Oh boy, I'm never going to live this down. But here goes. <laughs> 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 96 of Internet Marketing. I'm oh, joined in the studio today by... Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the next hundred. <laughs> oh, well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org, where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus 441273256150. If you're inside the UK, it's 01273256150 and you can leave a voice, comment, or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing.
1: Small details are big surfaces?